I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, yeah. Excited to talk about what's going on in the city. Uh, let's start uh, with the reverse of what we just talked about. Uh, with the weather that's coming today, with the weather that's coming on Friday, on Thursday night into Friday, what are you doing to get prepared for it at this point? Yeah, we're we're seeing that we're probably going to get you know eight to twelve inches of snow um, starting Friday in the early morning of Friday. Um, so we're we're now getting ready. We are making sure that we have enough material, uh, sand and salt to treat the streets. If necessary, we are making sure that we have uh, the proper coverage for all the quadrants um, ready and and that our teams uh, are, you know, ready for the 12 hour shifts that we jump into when we have uh, events like this. So we're we're likely going to be issuing a snow emergency starting 7 p.m. tomorrow, Thursday, um, which will uh, help us organize on-street parking so that we can battle uh, the snow during and after the snow event, um, you know, by organizing cars parked on the street to so that every everyone is parked on one side of the street as opposed to uh, across uh uh, both sides and you know it just makes our snow plowing much easier and then the snow emergency lasts 48 hours so the next 24 after one side of the street you switch to the other side for the for the last 24 hours and then we can uh, plow or finish plowing certain streets that need it can you give me in your, in your memory, if you have it right there, can you give me, uh, for the public, the areas they can park in off-street parking, like McKay Street parking deck and stuff like that, so people know where they can park and what uh, yep. the procedure is going to be. So definitely, we we are um, so back back before the city council adopted an alternate side parking. Um, we relied on telling people to park off street in their properties, 
if they didn't have a space to park, then use the garage. And back when we had the Columbus Street, uh, Columbus Ave garage to use that as well. Those are not, uh, the Columbus Ave garage is not a garage anymore. It's a surface lot. And the, um, the McKay Street garage uh, is certainly still available. And during a snow emergency, we will open it up for free parking during the snow event. Uh, but it's, it's an alternative for people that want to use it, that can use it because it's closer, but it's certainly not the ideal location for someone that lives in the, for example, Morningside area or Springside area. It's so far away that it's not realistic to expect that they would prefer to park there during a snow emergency. That's why the, the alternate side parking helps with people in, in dense communities with people that have no other option but to park on the street. Um, are you prepared for uh, me, to, me to be a pain in your neck doing this one? Because I know every time, every time you and I are in close contact with what I need, and stuff like that. Do you want me to continue to do that, or do you want me to just let it ride? Let you do it. Well, we we the way we battle snow events yeah. uh, really doesn't change ever. We we no, have to make sure. I'm saying I know I've been a pain in the neck before with. Letting you know stuff that's going on and stuff, and I just don't want to bombard you with stuff you don't need. Is what I'm oh, saying. listen, Brian, I, I, please continue to communicate with me when you see something that's being done incorrectly or something that needs to be done uh, and uh, that we haven't tended to. I welcome that. Uh, we get, we get, uh, I, I like receiving that information and feedback, definitely. Thank you. Because it's, it's not so much that you're not aware of it, it's the experience of when it's gonna be done that yep. I'm more concerned about because if I got people sliding into, um, potentially sliding into poles and stuff, I'm gonna call you. First, yes. Let you know, get the mail here immediately. To Definitely, I think that's a. It's great. It's great that uh, to have someone like you, Brian, that is looking out for uh, you know things like that to help out and communicate. Uh, some people choose to go when they see things like that and go to social media and somehow think that that will uh, expedite some solution. And it really, we're not on social media reading every everyone's posts. So the best way to communicate is just either communicate directly with the office. Uh, for you, Brian, you can communicate directly with me, but either way it gets to me or uh, our team, Vinny and in the highway, you know, 
crews, uh, Eddie with the parks maintenance, school maintenance, which deal with all the snow removal for all those, uh, with the traffic superintendent, Sean, uh, dealing with all the special uh, gray areas, we call it, uh, you know, bridges, sidewalks on bridges, uh, crossings and such. One thing that I want to just clarify with you while I got you is like the when you start doing side streets. Um, I know the primary concern is the main streets in the beginning, but when you start doing side streets and uh, stuff like that, because I'm considered a side street. And I just want to know when you guys really consider side streets is, you know. Yeah. So the way the way we do the way we do it, we have our internal teams, staff. We take care of the main roads, and there are six main uh, roads that we are six main routes let's call it not just roads there's multiple roads in those routes um and those are you know east street north street west south uh elm street williams um tyler street valentine road pex road barker so th those are the type of streets that will get done quick because they're more traveled, they're necessary for emergency vehicles, they're necessary for, uh, you know, connecting the city as a whole, um, not just through the city, but within the city. And then we have the contractors that kick in on the quadrants, we have 30 quadrants, and we call them, those are the so called smaller streets or side streets. We call them in when there's enough material on the ground that can be plowed. We don't, we're not going to call them in uh, before it snows because we're paying by the hour. So we don't want them to be sitting around uh, and pay them for not working. I, I think that would be, uh, that you agree that that would be the sound thing to do. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, no. That would also lead into the next subject, which is the city council and the people getting mad at you because of um, decisions you make and yeah. why you make the decisions you make. So, I oh, think yeah. That's a good call as far as um, that goes. Um, we had a very interesting uh, city council meeting yesterday, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yes. Um, one, of, one of the things that drives me nuts, and you can step in at any point, but um, let me just get this out. One of the things that drives me nuts is the fact that people can sit there and say people can do a better job at what they do and so and how they give us 
information and stuff. Well, if you need information, you need to ask for it. You can't, we, you guys can't provide, nor can I provide information if you don't ask for it. Specifically what you need as far as information on the budget, as far as information on the water rates, and stuff like that. They were getting so ridiculously, in my opinion, ridiculously, spending a lot of time on the five-hour thing with the with the uh, information and people. If you spend more time worrying about budgets and how we were going to spend the money instead of when you get the information, things would be a lot easier. Definitely. It's frustrating, Brian, um, dealing with uh, some members of the city council that have zero trust in mine and my fellow department heads ability to manage um, and administer the services we offer to the citizens of Pittsfield. Uh, and frankly, in my department, to the citizens of other municipalities around Pittsfield that receive services from, from Pittsfield in terms of water and sewer. Uh, and and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to process why a body is as the city council and some members of it. I'm going to generalize, but you you know as you know as well as I do that not all the it's not a shared opinion across the city council. It's some members of the city council uh, are not are, are not putting the trust on the people that are. Uh, uh, asked to make and and operate the services to the citizens. These are services that we offer, clean water, taking the sewer, the wastewater away in a safe manner uh, and disposing of it, treating it, disposing of it in the Housatonic River uh, in, an, in a manner that uh, is uh, in accordance with the regulations by the DEP, EPA, uh, the, the collection of all the wastewater through our collection system, the maintenance and upkeep of that system, making sure that there's uh, a good response to any breaks that happen, making sure that we prevent those breaks from happening. And then making my way to the potable water you know, the reservoir maintenance of the dams in our reservoirs, the five dams we have for our drinking water, the treatment of the drinking water, the distribution of that water to quite, the reservoir. Quite frankly, um, like I said, if people waste, didn't waste time talking about when they get the information or understanding the information before they open their mouth, and complain about it and understand. And I think with the argument of whether or not they got the information during, during a walkthrough, if you don't, 
If you don't have enough information ask for it at the time you need the information. Don't right. wait don't wait till the uh night before night before a um five hours before a city council meeting and sit there and complain that oh that's exactly right, Brian. Yeah, you know, so, don't, don't sit complain about it because you, you work, you work with the citizens of Pittsfield. I, quite frankly, this is my opinion, my opinion alone, but I'm sure it's other people's opinion as well, but quite frankly, when you have the city council, we care about your opinion, but as far as being on the council, your opinion should be all of our opinions, not just yours. And um, yes. I think because you're in a city or you're discontent with the people in the jobs, it's getting in the way of what your job actually is supposed to be and, 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 it, and it makes it that much difficult um and you know frankly it's it's uh, uh discouraging uh to say the least i so, know i know i'm being wrong and sorry to cut you off but but uh this is why we did it this way instead of doing it on the radio basically is because i can state my opinion in a more meaningful way than what I'm able to do on the radio. So. Yeah. Speak, speaking of the communication and asking questions and providing information in a timely manner, last night there was one comment by a counselor saying that I had submitted some additional information so close to, this, to the meeting that you know those were answers that took time to research and and respond back to specific questions that one or two counselors specifically asked i provided the information to them not only that i met in person last week with one of the counselors that was asking for that and then i said to myself it, you know it would be great if every counselor had the same information. So I decided to send it and share it with the entire city council before the meeting so that it wouldn't take them by surprise. Let me ask you, let me ask you one simple question. Does every councilman have your cell phone number like I do? I would believe they do, but not everyone calls me. I okay. have offered my cell phone to every that, single council. That's what I'm saying. They can, they can definitely get a hold of you before five hours before a meeting. So there's no, no reason in my mind, no rhyme or reason in my mind or right. your, or your mind, I'm sure. And you can state that if you want to, but there's no rhyme or reason to make a big stink publicly and make you look like you're not doing your job 
just because they don't want to reach out to you. It's not, it's not right. It's counterproductive and ridiculous. Ridiculous. I agree. No, it's... And, you know, the subject is, it's a tough subject. It's water and sewer raids that was discussed last night. And, and I, I understand it's, it's difficult for some people. Uh, it will be difficult, but these, we, we were able over the last couple of years, we were able to save the rate payers, tax payers of the city, um, $20 million dollars. Um, in the, in, you know, we, we were successful in applying to a 0% loan, uh, interest rate, 0% interest rate for the loan for, for the wastewater treatment plant project, which allowed us to save $20 million. We are actively, we are here to fight for the citizens of Pittsfield. We are actively looking out for ways to save money. But when we have to raise rates to meet the expenses we have, we have to raise rates. I'm the gov. I'm saying what I'm saying is the opinions of the council is important. But when the opinions of the council and seems to be their personal opinion, that's where it needs to end. If people yep. I'm complaining about what they're complaining about. It becomes their opinion, and that would be citizens of Pittsfield as a complaining about when when it's a complete left as a council. You should say that and not say it's citizens of Pittsfield that are complaining when it's you yourself. Complaining and you're uncomfortable with the way, with the way Ricardo and the mayor's doing their jobs or whatever. Because I can say this wholeheartedly. Within the last, how long have I known you, Ricardo? Within the last four years, four years, uh, you have been so. Transparent, so available. It isn't even funny. If <laughs> I, if I can sit as a regular citizen and not even the host of a show, can get a hold of you by cell phone? Why can't they? Definitely. That's that's my take on it. Take it or leave it. And anybody, anybody that has an argument or a difference of opinion is more than welcome to come on the show. But I just know that I'm going to be as forceful with this statement as I would be with any other statement like that. Because I know, I know how hard you guys work and I know how hard the city has been trying to dig themselves out of trouble for so long and I think you're doing a great job at what you do and don't let anybody tell you differently. It's great to hear that, Brian, definitely. We 
we take big we we have a lot of pride in the work we do i'm talking from a personal standpoint from my personal experience working as the commissioner but i know that i'm also talking from or for the people that work in in our department um the people that are out there uh making our city better uh you know patching potholes in february uh which is is, is uh very different from what we've done in other in other season in other years um making sure that our streets are safe during snow events uh make it so make it so we got water make it make, make it so we got water because who's up who's exactly up, who's out there when we got a water main break the people that are hired to fix the water instead of saying you can do more say thank you and say what can we do to make things better not just argue and say well, you could have done this better. It's like right. Make making sure that you open your tap and there's clean water. Making sure that the waste is carried away uh, by you know trash removal companies or their wastewater on the toilet is carried away and safely treated. All those things, our guys are very proud of the work they do, and if we don't uh provide them with the necessary um level of commitment as citizens and i'm including myself there of course i live in pittsfield and i want those services uh and i know that those services cost money i know that we need to come up to uh, answer the call to pay the necessary amount so that those services are provided. Let me ask you a straight up question. Would you be willing, if you got the call, to say, I'll jump in the truck and go do it myself if, if that would need to happen? Um, I, I, I know I would. I know I would say something like that. Immediately, I think uh, some of my guys would tell me you can't because you don't have the licenses <laughs> um, to, okay. to drive um, trucks like that. But I have uh, uh, I have driven with, you know, right along with some of our guys, uh, superintendents, foremen, um, looking at the work they do, picking up uh, with them uh, some of the stuff overnight uh, on, on projects and stuff. What I'm saying is, because he's not willing to not jump in, if he's not, if he's willing to jump in, if he's he's more than willing to jump in and help. So, if he's not willing to do it, he's not gonna have to people to do as much hard work as he's doing if he's not willing to do it himself. You know what I mean? And, Definitely. Uh, it takes you. You can pick up a shovel just like anybody else can pick up a shovel. So, I mean, yeah. Um. You know, we we need 
everyone needs to be doing and there's and and we can definitely all do stuff like that but and it crosses my mind every day but there are there are also some uh and i say this a little with a with a little chuckle there are things that uh we have to be mindful and be careful not to infringe upon uh union contracts as well so as soon as i pick up no. a shovel someone will say hey, hey, hey that's our work and and it's true <laughs> well then they you're willing to do it you have definitely to do it and um like my father used to say i'm not gonna step over something just because somebody else dropped it, I'm gonna pick it up off the floor. If it's a dangerous situation, I'm gonna. Yes. I'm not gonna sit there and say it's somebody else's job to do. Correct. So That's I'm not gonna... how we operate. That's not what I promote within my department, and that's not how I show how to do and get the work done. Before I, before I lose. Time. I just want to say um, a special thank you to the two community children, especially Matt Tucker, for allowing me to do my first live event on 1501 to Public Access TV. Um, this is live at about, what time is it now? It is 1029. 10.29 in the morning on Wednesday morning. And we're planning on doing more of these. And like I said, anybody that disagrees with anything we're saying, is more than welcome to contact me or Matt. And Please opinions, but my opinion um may may I'll be respectful, but it may not change the way I feel about it. But as a public service, I'm more than willing to um allow you to have the same level of time and the same respect and everything is as we continue here. Um, Ricardo, um, the reason why I did that now is I'm going to ask you, what, what is the big deal um, when, if you know, when did Harper come into play and why can't we use Harper for some of the things they were talking about last night. So the big the the issue with using or thinking about using ARPA funds to cover first the of, first of all, for those people that don't know like me, what is ARPA? Yeah. So ARPA stands for the American Rescue Plan Act. And it is the federal uh uh money that came through to different uh levels of government uh the city received 
uh, I'm going to talk in, in approximate numbers. The city received $32 million directly through ARPA uh, fund directly to the city. And the, there was also $8 million that were assigned to the county, Berkshire County. Uh, but because Berkshire County is not a uh, organized government at the moment, it, it used to be right. Some probably remember that. Yeah. Uh, because it is not a, an organized form of government in Massachusetts, uh, the apportioned money that was given to the county was distributed uh, distributed accordingly to each municipality within that county. And for Pittsfield, that meant an additional eight million dollars were uh, uh, provided. So in in all, we have close to 41, around $41 million uh, with, uh, from directly from the American Rescue Plan Act. There are like, like there was money given to the county, uh, would be county. There is also money given through ARPA to the state. And that is additional, uh, which the each municipality as well as the state, but each municipality can apply for the different programs that the state will place uh, forward um, to to spend that money in the time allotment that was given. So the timing of it, all the money has to be uh, uh, all the money has to be apportioned by 2024, and all the money has to be spent by 2026. Now, what does that mean for water and sewer work, water and sewer rates, the discussion last night? Um, some were asking about why can't we use uh, some or all of ARPA to eliminate having to make these increases in the, in, in the water and sewer rates. So first thing is, one, one, one thing if you, if, if I get this right, just for, just for my own identification, one of the reasons why we can't do that is Harpa won't be there forever. So we can't use Harpa money for something that we need to sustain as a regular, um, yeah, that 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 is that is probably the main reason why we shouldn't be uh, thinking about ARPA for something like water and sewer rates and 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 offsetting the costs there. So if you think about it this way, we can definitely use ARPA for projects. Um, we are currently using ARPA for fifty five percent of the. Ashley water treatment plant upgrade that we're conducting at the moment. We are using, uh, looking at using ARPA for other wastewater and water projects. The problem, there are some statutory restrictions for using ARPA and one of them is you cannot use ARPA to back, to go back and fund older or projects that started before a certain date. And that date I believe is May of last year, May of 2021. So that's, that's where the problem is because everything they were talking about is just about everything 
75 80% of what they were talking about last night was um previous um projects projects that we can't use that money for that correct and then and then we touch on what you brought brian the notion of using arpa to replace the deficits in our expenses uh, and our ability to cover those expenses with our with the revenue we generate and that in theory for one two years that could definitely work we can def we can certainly place arpa funds and cover those expenses and um and 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 li live happy for two years but what happens after two years is much harder to deal with much difficult to grasp the you know in terms of the reality and a bigger block to deal with a hike in the rates because all the costs are going to be there still after the money is run is used all the operational needs are still there we still need to meet the demand uh that we need to in terms of expenses versus revenue we still need to breach that gap and what happens is we're gonna have to we don't do we don't do 12 percent increase this year fine we'll have to do 25 percent increase in two years so so you
We don't want clean water. Um, there's gonna be more people disabled than there are right now. And if we don't get a job on it, that's gonna be a bigger problem than what it already is. Right. I. Well, that's one hundred percent accurate. And um, Ricardo, one of the things I want to ask you about what. What is the rationale? Uh, we're talking about highway stuff now. What's the rationale between the um, the roundabout, uh, uh, the um, the roundabout on Tyler Street, the um, the um, construction they're doing on Tyler Street. The Is project that, on Tyler Street? Yeah, the lane change and yep. stuff like that. What's the rationale behind it? So um, we are seeing a, an area that has uh, the potential to be a community-driven, uh, safe environment for people to have a space to interact and 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 be a essentially a safe connection between two neighborhoods with a community school with uh businesses and with properties around and above those businesses so we saw the opportunity we received funding from mass uh development uh and we we received the approval by the city council with the capital funding for the project. And we are placing uh, best practices in, uh, in the, you know, existing best practices to provide a corridor that is safe for all modes of transportation. And that starts in, when we're talking about Tyler Street, between First Street and Woodlawn Ave, that starts by looking at the mess of an intersection that was uh, Woodlawn, Dalton, and Tyler Street intersection. And we, when we looked at that, it's an unsignalized intersection. Uh, we decided to uh, install uh, a roundabout there. And in doing so, we are creating a safe intersection uh, an intersection that has less conflict points than what it used to have, an intersection that has uh, a design speed of approximately 20 miles an hour, which has shown to reduce uh, vehicle collisions. And even when those collisions happen, it has shown to reduce the severity of the outcome of that collision. Um, real quick, quick. Um... Thank you for that explanation, and I know you have dead people have some questions about that, so that's why I brought it up. Um, but real quick, I want to get rid of the elephant room. Um, basically, uh, this way I see this for us is was it was a year was a year Troy. Or was it state regulated or 
downregulated that uh, you do you do not treat the way you did. Um, we had a we certainly had a design choice. The city, my my design team, we made decisions. We didn't make those decisions in a vacuum. We included um, emergency uh, response uh, personnel. We included the police chief, the fire chief. We included county ambulance uh, leadership. We included um, the you know best practices. We used design consultants that were paid for by um, by nonprofit organizations. And we submitted a plan that was following the state's complete streets policies, the city's complete streets policies. And that was the reason the state approved the plan and which basically provided a road diet, which it's a fancy way of saying uh, reduction from two lanes to one lane in each direction. And it provided a, a bicycle lane with buffers on either side, one side to protect, uh, give space between the rider and the vehicle uh, moving next to the rider and the other side to protect between uh, against uh, opening doors for parked vehicles. And we did that because we were providing a safe environment for alternate modes of transportation. And at the moment, we're right now evaluating what that impact is. We're taking volume counts, uh, you know, traffic counts to measure volume, vehicular volume. We're taking uh, bicycle counts to measure bicycle uh, traffic volume. We're taking crash information into the in, into account. We're taking um, speeds, uh, speed counts, and we are putting all that together into a report that we'll uh, issue to the Traffic Commission. Are you taking into account how many bicycles are on the street at a given time, too? Yes. Uh, if, to your understanding, I know you're just a commissioner, you don't... You're not a lawyer, you're not a, but my understanding is a bicycle is considered a motorized vehicle at this point. Is that, is that correct as far as law is understanding at this point? The, uh, the way the, so the, I'll, I'll start, I'll answer the question by first talking about on, in Massachusetts, bicycles are allowed to share the road like any other vehicle in every everywhere in Massachusetts. There are a few exceptions, like the interstate uh, system, the you know uh, I ninety, the highway system. Um, the term bike system is not one. Of those, those are bicycles are restricted from going on places like uh, the free the the the. the Mass bike and all and such. Yeah. Then, then we go down to the local level where we have an or we have a city code which has definitions of terms, uh, which are useful for uh, interpreting the city code. And one of them, 
definitions that, that defines vehicles to include motor vehicles to include bicycles. Um, and then it defines a travel lane to include all vehicles that are defined as vehicles. So a travel lane is uh, bicycles as well. This is a bicycle lane. And just for clarification, you had enough just for argument's sake so I can clear this up where the city council, you had nothing to do with the way the law was written. Is that correct? With what? With what? The way that law was written. That law was written way before you came. Correct. I, 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 I wasn't involved before before that time. Okay. So it's it, it really good down to you as being the one to blame because there's a bike going there. You consulted and you consulted with the city attorney and you consulted with everybody. And, yes. And that's what they came up with. So your name shouldn't your name should be involved as far as the commissioner of public works and of course you should be involved in that but to be blamed for something that you had nothing to do with is not correct at this point right right i um i just want to clarify that um, to get clarification Ricardo, how are we doing on time? We have 10 more minutes. Okay. Um, Ricardo, when I, when I talk to you about this stuff, if we covered just about everything that we uh, were intending on covering, uh, would there be anything you'd like to go back to and clarify? Well, we can talk about a little bit about uh, how uh, let's say the work ahead of us this year. So we had the opportunity to start a little early, uh, because of necessity, because the weather was so bad in terms of cold and warm cycles, uh, thaw and freeze cycles that, that made our pothole situation much worse. Uh, but because of the weather being uh, mild, we were able to start early on fixing some of the potholes situations we have in, in the city and some of the roads. So that's going to continue uh, as the weather gets better, temperatures get milder, that, uh, that will continue. We will switch to the normal material we use for patching uh, potholes and fixing roads. And then we are currently working on finalizing the road uh, reconstruction um, for this year, which will see another round of close to nine miles of streets repaved. And additionally, this year we are doing, uh, we are spending uh, from ARPA funding and from CDBG funding we are spending money on uh, fixing sidewalks. 
which will be of uh, great importance for uh, everyone, but not least of that group being the, the disabled community. And, um, does that mean that Orchard Street is going to be widened? Or what exactly are you going to be doing as far as that? Um... I believe the plan we have right now uh, in terms of sidewalks on Orchard Street is 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 included there. So we, are, we haven't designed what we're going to be doing. At the moment, we are thinking just replacing what's there. Uh, not widening, but that's certainly up for, you know, design right at the moment. Um, one thing I'd like to have you do, if we can, I'd like to schedule the next show as being with you and the city engineer. Now that uh, you've taken over the... Um, Commissioner position, I'd like to kind of see if you guys are even close to being on the same page as, as you, you and I are as far as understanding what's going on here. Definitely. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that uh, the city engineer is not smart, but she needs a perspective on the disabled community and I'd be more than willing to sit down with you and her and anybody that wants to be involved can be but I would really appreciate it if you would put that We can on. definitely organize we can definitely organize that meetup uh, if you want we can also do uh, uh, schedule a sit down before we do a show, just so that you can meet the city engineer as, um, as well. I know oh, it's yeah. been difficult with the pandemic and all that, but we, we can certainly uh, start to get to a more normal normalcy and, and do what, things like that. What is normal? Yeah, it, it's crazy, Brian, it's crazy. Is Nothing that, is normal. Is it ever gonna, is it ever gonna be normal? Nope. No, that's the, the 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 normal. The new normal is that is never going to be normal. So <laughs> always changing, always on our feet. We never did. We never did. Nobody ever told me what normal is. So you know, I mean, I know what normal is, but I mean, normal changes. What I'm saying, and yeah, you got to be willing to change. With the times and that's... yeah, when when you don't when you don't when you don't offer yourself the flexibility of adapting to change, you stay behind and and you suffer the consequences as a human being. So you you need to uh, be willing to be nimble and adaptive if you want to progress in this world and you know and 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 experience the world to its maximum potential. That's what we've been talking about with the city council. They've got to be willing to adapt and they've got to be willing to be more flexible. Um, thinking four, four and five hours doing, 
doing a uh, city council meeting just to talk about stuff that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. That can be done outside the presence of the general public. And, right. Um, I think we'd be more we'd be more productive if we um get that in mind in the future. Yeah, and 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 work proactively for solutions, not impede progress. Yeah. Yeah. And work work with you for work with you for a week or work with you for a day and see what it's work with you for a day, work with the city engineer for a day and see what uh, they call up against to kind of deal with these things rather than jump off and say, it's your fault, or, you know, it may not be. It may be just the way life is and you just got to deal with it. Right. So, Ricardo, I really appreciate you coming on. How are we doing that time? We have four, four minutes, three minutes left. Um, Ricardo, um, when's the next time you can uh, schedule the command? Um, Brian, I think we can do something like, at the very least, we can do a monthly check-in. Uh, we can uh, mm -hmm. give a, an update on a monthly basis. I can give an update. I can bring in my uh, the city engineer next time, and we can talk about uh, the work we're doing in the engineering side. Um, and uh, so having said that, I think for March, we can plan on having uh, been here on the 9th. Okay. Um, um, do you, um, are you comfortable going live or you want to do it? Tape? Live is very, live is good. I, okay. I like it. Okay. Um, and I'll talk to Matt, I'll talk to the people at, uh, PC, the community television, see if we can set that up. Yeah. Um, as well, at some point, this may not be possible on the current setup, but I'd love to do, this is risky saying this, but at some point, I'd love to do a live call in show and let people voice their opinions even. even to, uh, to answer phone calls? Yeah. Yeah, I think, that's, that's, I think, I think that's I think, good. I think that uh, we get some feedback that's counterproductive of what we're talking about, but that's going to happen no matter what we do. So, I mean, we might, yeah. well, just, we might as well just do it. Um, and I'll set that up when I can, and well, I don't know if we can do it by remote. Like I said, this is my... First live shows, like, oh, we'll get into that. But uh, thank you, Ricardo, uh, for joining us. And thank you, Brian. Things you get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child.
shouting.